Welcome to the WealthStream Podcast. The team at Hightower Great Lakes share their insights and passions for empowering their clients to live their best life. In this energetic podcast, we will take you on a journey to help you navigate your financial future, overcome life's challenges to reach your financial goals, and find the financial clarity you've been searching for. Let's explore the downstream impact of your wealth and what it means to you, your family, and your community to live greater. Hello and welcome to The Wealth Stream with Tim Scannell from Hightower Great Lakes. Tim, how are you today? You know, I'm doing well, getting ready for next week of the holidays. So I'm um, jamming up a lot of meetings and meeting with a lot of clients. So I always enjoy that. So doing well. Thank you. I know that year end for you, Tim, is extremely busy. You've got a lot of moving parts, uh, lots of different things that you're doing for clients. Um, what are we talking about today? I'm, I'm assuming it's not year end stuff because, you know, we're at the end of the year. Yeah, no, today's a, it's, it's not a normal topic for me. Um, you know, we usually talk about planning specifically related to people, individuals, families. Um, but today I want to go over a kind of a strategy that I've seen and read about um, a number of business owners that I have have kind of implemented this, um, what I call basically turning a service into a product. I work with a lot of companies that provide services mm-hmm. and um, they've had to kind of pivot a little bit to you know, create these products as a, as a result of the COVID and the social distancing and the you know the I guess the uh, the a lot of people aren't willing to go out as much anymore and they're shopping online. So mm-hmm. I thought I'd talk about that today. Okay, interesting. Uh, this is different. This is something that we've n- never even touched on. I don't think. No, it, it isn't, and it's really something that's come up this year. You know, I think as we went through. Uh, the pandemic in 2020, everyone was figuring out how to respond and coming into 2021, um, hoping that, you know, it would end yeah. quickly. But I think there's just a lot of permanent changes mm-hmm. that are happening in, in the business world. And, you know, in I think, if, for example, that the service uh, providers, you know, that I work with have been disproportionately impacted. And we talked a little bit about that in some of the previous podcasts by the economic, you know, disruption by the coronavirus pandemic. And, because really consumers are cutting back on services to avoid human contact. You know, we're mm-hmm. just not, they're not going out as much. And in, in 2020 in particular, also to conserve cash because everyone, a lot of people were struggling with that. And I think there's this um, mode of more people buying products to solve problems as opposed to uh, services. And, you know, you can use restaurants as an example. There's a lot of restaurants that really figured out how quickly how to uh, deliver or how to do pickup or how to, you know, kind of rebrand what they do because they couldn't have full restaurants, you know, people couldn't come in and even still, you know, like um, I was in Chicago a couple weekends ago, I'm going in for a wedding this weekend. And, you know, there's there's still a lot of um, limitations on the number of tables, etc. Another example is, I don't, Eric, I don't know if I ever told you, but um, my son is in Hollywood and, mm-hmm. you know, he's an actor and you know, one of the things he did when he went out to Hollywood out of college was he said, you know, I'm going to learn stand-up. And he basically went to open mic nights for two years and got to a point where he was head- heading up like the Montreal Comedy Fest. But that all shut down, you know. So, you know, like his talent booking people, they've had to kind of pivot. So there's a lot of companies that have historically provided services, and now they're having to pivot and what I'm finding is that it's it's not easy, as you can imagine. But I'll give you a really good example. And actually, Brendan, my son in L.A., kind of told me about this one. 
there's this place called Gorilla Tacos, and it was a, a famous taco place in L.A., I guess. But during COVID, they decided to create a product called the Emergency Taco Kit, you know. Huh. And they called it kind of a takeout survival kit for the taco lover. And, you know, so they immediately pivot where people were like, yeah, you know, send me one of these taco kits. And, you know, it kind of made it fun to cook, and they gave them all the ingredients and things like that. So just an example of, you know, the problem that I think a lot of companies are are facing and then some of the creative solutions that I've seen. Yeah, that's great. I love that. Yeah, and there was another one um, I read about, and this is a, they basically had a, a car wash and it was a mobile car wash service and and people just weren't calling them to come to their house and clean their cars anymore. So they created this product, they called it Disinfect and Protect, you know, they, they labeled it and they kind of sent it out with coupons and as a result, um, they, they, they stayed in business, they kind of created a new product line and also created kind of a recurring revenue stream, which, which has really made um, a difference during COVID, but also coming out of COVID this year. Mm-hmm. And then, I don't know if you've seen this, but I'll just give you one other example. I, I actually ran across this last year um, during the holidays when my kids were in town. And one of the things that they were doing was they were gifting each other these personalized messages from stars, right? So I'm pretty sure somebody like um, Brad Pitt's probably not doing it, but you know, you can you can go online or go to these booking agencies and say, hey, you know, I would like to have uh, Brian Cranston, who was with Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. I'd like to have Brian Cranston wish my husband, my wife, my spouse, my partner, my friend, a happy birthday. You know, and for 200 bucks or whatever, you know, <laughs> you actually provide the details and they create this, sometimes a song, sometimes just a message, but you get these personalized music messages that some of these um, actors and actresses and singers um, it really kept them kind of uh, in, in cash flow positive states. So that was just another example of um, some of the you know ways people have created products to stay alive. Yeah, I. <laughs> that's just a, I don't know. That's just a, such a strange example to me. Uh, you know, I know. I, I did see that though. I, I saw that same thing, and I thought that was fantastic. And what a what a fun thing to receive. And I I would love to you know. I would love to think that there are stars out there that would do this. And I guess I'm throwing the gauntlet for all you Hollywood famous people. And, and you can have your son distribute this podcast. <laughs> I would love to see you do this and do personalized messages, commit to, you know, a couple a week, you know, whatever, and everything go to charity. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm sure saying. they, I'm, I'm sure there are people doing that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, all the right. first time I saw this, just to digress a little, um, the one that uh, somebody had sent one to my son and I forget the actor's name, but my God, he went on for like a half hour. <laughs> They're like, really? You're killing me. Uh, it should just be That's a, it, like, oh, and I heard you do this and that. And I mean, it was just so funny. And he played it for all of us. It was just hilarious. Oh, that's that's great. Yeah. So basically what I've, I did a little research. I read some books about it. And I have found eight things you can do to kind of create a product out of your service that hopefully can help you going forward as you know consumers are buying more products. So you ready? Yes, absolutely. Okay. So the number one thing that I saw, the step one I should say is what they call, so I don't know if it's niche or niche, right? It's potato, I potato, or tomato, yeah. tomato, but you need to niche down or niche down. And what that means is just narrowing your focus to maybe a single type of customer as opposed to many customers. And, a ton of a ton of business owners are not comfortable with this because you know, especially during pandemic or coming out of it, they're like, you know, we need more customers, not fewer. Mm-hmm. But what happens is, with services, you know, like what we do is we provide a service, we customize, 
it to every individual because every individual is different. But products, they really work better when they fit like one type of buyer. A buyer, you know. Mm -hmm. So picking a niche kind of helps you identify, you know, how to like the, the person you're going after, and you th you consider things like, um, you know, demographics. So. You know, are you creating a niche product for next generation or for retirees? That's going to be a really big difference. But typically a product doesn't serve both. Whereas like in our business as a service, we do. Mm -hmm. Another one is company size or we call firm graphics, firmographics. But I have a client who kind of redirected a niche towards uh, in the cleaning business, child care providers, because he saw that one of the side effects of the pandemic was Childcare providers were having a much more difficult time, you know, getting people to come to their their facilities during COVID, and you know, so he kind of picked up on this product idea of making sure that you know your place is clean and and, and germ free, et cetera, and that was that really helped from just focusing on one kind of niche like that. Mm -hmm. The other one I would say, like, is you look at um, lifestyle or life stage. So, Eric, you've you've talked to Samantha here in my office, and she's a phenomenal yeah. advisor. And one of the things that she focuses on—it's uh, kind of her passion—is to help um, women, widowers, uh, widows, um, uh, post-divorce. You know, helping women during that process. Mm -hmm. And so we're we're kind of putting together kind of a flat fee checkup, or it might even be like a subscription service to do a group webinar. But it's just a way to create a product or something that people would just you know, participate in and buy and purchase online. Not that we need to generate the revenue, but it's a way to maybe get and serve more people also. Um, so, so life stage is a big thing. And then one of the things that we do with our business owner clients, you know, just talking again about niches, we have something called a uh, pre-score. It's a personal readiness to exit score. And it's a little eight minute test that we have. And we've tried to start pushing that out to business owners who um, are looking at some point to exit. So it could it could be that they're, as a result of COVID, they've got burnout. Maybe they've, they're just considering it now as they're reconsidering how the things work. But the reality is we're just, again, trying to create a little product or something like that that's not quite as customized, but it provides anybody, you know, in, in a different stages of, uh, of exiting, uh, gives them the ability to kind of give a score and to see if they're ready to go. So here's what I like, Tim. I like that you, the, the things that you spoke about, and I think a lot of companies out there are seeing the writing on the wall and they're providing a service, and maybe that's a subscription fee, which is fine, uh, but they're providing something new, right? They're providing something that is is going to bring value to the to the client. There are a lot of companies out there that are just starting subscription services for things that people kind of already use. Um, or they're they're changing their model so that now it's a subscription just to generate more revenue without adding any value, and I that's I, I think that the I, I would say the majority of the population is probably pretty tired of companies trying to do that right nickel and diming somebody right. uh, for things that you already do like I just read an article yesterday that and they'll remain unnamed but there are multiple car companies that are now charging a subscription service for people to use the remote start on their key fob for their car. And you're like, oh, wow, it's I didn't, just I didn't hear that. Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. And so it's it's I know that people just get frustrated with it. It's just another way to take money out of our account every month. So I love the fact that you're introducing new things that bring new value uh, where people can get education or just service uh, for a small fee, I'm sure. And, and uh, they actually gain something from it instead of having to pay for something they already use. 
Exactly. You know, these are all, I mean, the ones I've seen, the ones we've thought about, the ones I've seen my clients implement, they're all definitely value add. It's yeah. just you're you're presenting it in a different way because the consumers now are just purchasing goods and services a little differently. So, mm -hmm. it, and I think it also helps business owners kind of force um, force them to focus on what they do. And, you know, that gets to step two, which is, you know, we ask clients to rank their services or, you know, so when, when you go through the process of basically looking and seeing, you know, what is it that we actually do and creating a list, you know, we, we recommend people consider three things and it's called TVR, we call it, but something that has to be teachable to employees um, because if it just relies on you, you can't really sell a product and, and sell, you know, offer it at, at scale or, you know, and be able to present, push it out there and be able to support it. Mm -hmm. But it also has to be valuable to the customers who have it. And it's best when it's something that is a recurring need for the customers. So for example, my heating and air conditioning company that I use um, in my house, uh, what they've come up with, and they actually came up with this during the middle of COVID was kind of a subscription service where as opposed to me calling them, you know, when my filters need cleaned or when I when the power goes out or when something's wrong, mm -hmm. you know, they've offered a subscription service that's reasonably priced, and they've got techs that can come out and implement. And um, and I, I signed up immediately because I, you know, I'm not a I don't understand heating and air conditioning. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to you know identify when it's ready to go out. So I'd much rather have somebody come in and, and service it all the time, and I'm willing to pay for it. So. That's just one example, but so they were able to teach their employees. It was certainly valuable for me, and I definitely have a recurring need for it. So, so just one example. Absolutely. And then the key there is you just need to spend the time to list all the services you offer, and then kind of score them, you know, from one to ten, let's say, based on you know that TVR ranking, and then just pick the ones that have the highest scores, and, and then just test it. You know, start out some sort of product like that, um, and that's what my HVAC company did too, which I loved. Yeah. And then once you once you've done that, step three is you've probably heard this before, but you know we call it just um, getting clear on your quarter inch hole. You know I actually learned this in business school, um, and I I just real found out that it was there was a Harvard professor named Theodore Levitt who apparently was um, the one who created the, the the saying. But he always talked about, or the way I learned it was people don't want to buy a quarter inch drill hole. You know drill they want a quarter inch hole. You know when mm. I'm going to Ace Hardware. I don't. I don't need the tool. I'm looking for the hole, and and I think a lot of times people don't really uh, business owners don't focus on the client need. You know, like getting back to that emergency taco kit. Hey, it makes cooking at home fun during COVID, right? Mm -hmm. And they love their tacos. Now they don't have to go to their taco restaurant, and they're getting it. You know, so I think you just need to be really clear about what problem you're solving. Yeah, I, I think that that's. I'm just going back to the taco kit. It's brilliant. It, it really is. <laughs> it is brilliant. a good idea, isn't it? Number one, because I love tacos. But number two, yeah. I think about that, and it's it's something where, yes, they're having fun cooking at home. They don't have to leave their house, so on and so forth. But as things open up, and as the business kind of quote unquote gets back to you, uh, normal or, or as usual, as much as it can, there will be times when they don't have that kit at home. They want tacos. They're like, oh, let's just run out and grab them. Right. Because I don't want to take the time or maybe they, you know, they know what to do to cook it, but they're like, I'm just tired. Let's just go there and get it. But it's on their mind. It's something that's in their home to remind them of their favorite taco place. I mean, God, I, I just, I love that. Yeah. Or, or think about that uh, mobile car wash that came up with the disinfectant yes. protect, you know, and 
there were so many um, essential service providers, nurses, doctors, you know, et cetera, that had to go to work and keep driving. So they marketed this kit to keep their cars clean. And it, it was just a, it was a big hit, you know, because generally people weren't ready to figure out what do I need to keep my car or my house clean. And now, of course, a year and a half into it, you know, you see everyone has all kinds of stuff in their car to sanitize or you get on an airplane and everyone's sanitizing. But mm-hmm. at the time, they came up with a great solution and they focused directly on the people who they thought would need it. And and, and think about how humans operate. The people that have ordered those kits, they're not going to clean their own cars forever. <laughs> they're going to mm-hmm. go right back to that company to have them, you know, give their car, uh, you know, once over or whatever. They're not losing business because of this. In, in my opinion, I could be wrong, but I, I can't believe they'd be losing business because of it. They're they're endearing themselves to their customers by providing more. For sure. Oh, absolutely. And, and the other, that gets to step four, which is branded. So if you think about like the emergency taco kit or... You know, I use, um, when you get a service or when you purchase a service, like going back to my, um, my electrician, for example, you know, it's MB Electric, you know, and MB uh, stands for their names. Services typically have names, you know, for years and years, we were Scannell Wealth Management. Mm-hmm. With the product, though, you're selling a thing that needs a brand. And, you know, protect and disinfect and protect or the emergency taco kit, you know, those are things that people see. Um, like my electrician, my electrical contractor, you know, he created something called Power Check, you know, confidence to turn your lights on. Mm-hmm. And that's just, it's just, you know, I, I looked at that and it caught my attention. I'm like, yeah, you know, when I come into my house, especially, you know, with COVID where I'm living there more than I was, mm-hmm. I want those lights to go on. I want the power to go on. You know, we even probably going to end up purchasing a backup generator just because we've had issues with that. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, uh, you know, about talk about some creative branding for my plumber. Hmm. You know, I'm not going to bring any ideas for that, but uh, my point is you need to come <laughs> up with a name for it. Yeah. Yeah. That's perfect. <laughs> exactly. And then the other thing about it is, you know, once you brand it, and this is something that um, my HVAC company did really well is, you know, you can think about it when you go purchase like a service. Like I said, we offer custom planning. So we have deliverables and we talk about process mostly, but when you purchase a product, you know, you're at the grocery store, you're, you're looking at the ingredients, you know, you want to know like, well, what does it include? If you get a, an email or a flyer, like what, what is listed on there? You know, and, and so if you had, you know, gone back to like step two, where you list your services and you rank them and you kind of know what you're providing, the key is to really list out um, all the things, the ingredients of this product. So that's one thing my HVAC company did really well they kind of had this comprehensive list of, you know, spring cleaning, you know, fall cleaning, all the things they do. And you look at it and you're like, whoa, that's a lot, you know. So that's another key part of it is you need to step five, which is list your ingredients as a key mm-hmm. step. Okay, that makes sense. And then the other one, too, when you think about this when you go shopping, Eric, is you also have to figure out a way if you can, uh, t- step six would be preempt some objections. So when I'm... Um, talking to somebody and providing a service and providing planning, um, you know, we have conversations where we even try to draw out, like, what's your hesitation or objections or, you know, what are the things that make you nervous about this? So you, you get all that information firsthand and you can literally, you know, address it on the spot or tell them, you know, well, let me get back to you and do some research and find out a solution. But when you're selling a product, you don't have the benefit of being with that person, you know, being in the room. They're they're looking at your flyer, your marketing mm-hmm. materials, et cetera. 
and and you you so you need to kind of do some work up in, in advance and say, well, what could be a possible objection? You know, think of a the taco kit. You're like, really? Is it going to stay hot? Is it going to be safe? You know, or is it going to be healthy? Mm-hmm. Um, is there customization? You know, so you got to walk through that process. And like I was reading about the the disinfect and protect, which I really like the idea of how they did that. You know, so they immediately were like, well, there's a money back guarantee for people who aren't sure. So they're thinking some people are going to go, you know, am I am I sure I'm going to need this? I'm sh- should I pay for it now? And what if I don't need it? Um, you know, insurance in case they damage the car, you know, addressing a possible objection like, well, what if this, you know, solution you gave me, you know, stains the, the leather or something like that. Mm-hmm. So so they kind of came up with a list, you know, trained, trained technicians, you know, are they're doing it environmentally friendly. That's a really big one that they focused a lot on because some people were thinking that, well, I don't even know what the ingredients are in this disinfect and protect and is it safe? And, you know, if my kids are going to be in the car. So you only, you, someone gets a flyer about this or gets your information, they might know you already because they've used your service, maybe not, but you want to try and make sure you um, pre- preempt already, you know, the, any objections you could be getting. Yeah, no, that just makes sense. And then the final piece is, obviously, you have to price it. Um, it's obvious, you know, when we were looking at uh, doing a subscription service, and we haven't done this yet, but we're thinking about it with um, Samantha or, you know, offering like a, a checkup, something like that. You really have to figure out um, what it's going to cost and make sure, you know, you're not. I mean, it's possible you could do it um, just as a service and, and lose money on it, but. The thing about services in general, if you looking at attorneys, accountants, other professionals, doctors, um, any service providers, even my, like I said, my electrician or my my plumbing contractor, um, they typically do not publish a price on their website or even on their marketing materials because they want to come out, they want to give you an estimate, you know, they they want to provide a custom proposal. Mm-hmm. With products, though, it, that you really have to um, put the price on there because. That's what they're, they're going to want to know what it costs. They're going to want to assess the benefits uh, before they even reach out to talk to you. So and they want to compare. It's just a different right? mentality. Yeah. They want to compare it with another product. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm sure you do the same thing. Um, like when you're shopping, you're, you're like, what is this going to cost me? What are the ingredients? You know, um, what kind of objection objections do I have to do it? Mm-hmm. Um, and so you have to think about it. It's, so it's a hard process, I guess, is my point. You can't just go out and create a product and not think about, you know, the services you're offering. Yeah. Yep. So the final piece is that um, what I've read, and I, I saw this with the uh, the taco kit, and but I've also read um, two articles that talked about it, is when you're marketing the product, you also need to manufacture scarcity. And what that means is that, like with the taco kit, um, they, they literally said that, you know, we're only, we have the capacity to do so many a day. Mm-hmm. You know, so if, if you want this, best that you do it by this hour, this time. And, and you, always, you always have to worry about when you're marketing. Um, I'm not talking about trick marketing. I'm just saying that the reality is if you're creating this product, and especially if you haven't scaled and hired the people to do it, you, you do have scarcity. And you don't want to just all of a sudden get a thousand orders for the taco kit and realize you can only fill 50 or 100. Yeah, yeah. So literally they were getting so many um, more requests for the taco kit that they had to say, we're only doing a certain amount a day. Uh, please, you know, don't get mad. <laughs> please respect where we're at. We're, we're trying our best. Mm-hmm. But I think you have to really put that out there 
because if you can't deliver, or if for some reason you can't deliver the volume that, that shows up at your door, you're gonna create more problems than solutions. So you gotta think about scarcity. Yeah, and I think, Tim, and, and maybe you can uh, touch on this, is I think just general good communication is so important with businesses now, right? I think that, that too often we're so used to businesses that, um, especially larger businesses, that you can't reach somebody on a telephone. You've got to go through chat online or you've got to email somebody. And, and there's so much frustration around communication that to be on the front end, right? Like you, you gave the example of the, of the taco place. Um, be on that front end say, hey, this is limited. We're doing the best we can. We'll do our best to fill every order, but please understand. Um, you know, if, if, if you don't make it in by a certain deadline, you may not be able to receive this product. Um, you're not tricking people. You're not, you know, oh, gotcha. It's, you know, it's the takeaway kind of sale. It's, it really is just open communication, being honest, right? And I think that that's something that a lot of consumers feel is missing in, in some companies is honesty and transparency. And so if a, if a company does this upfront, that is, I personally find it incredibly refreshing. And then if, if I do miss the deadline, you know, I'm calling in at six 30 at night and they're like, I am so sorry. We sold out at four o'clock. Oh, my bad. Totally me. <laughs> I should have yeah, called exactly. earlier, right? Tomorrow. Yeah. What time do you open nine? I'll call at nine because <laughs> I really <laughs> want those tacos. Uh, but it, it puts the onus on the 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 client really uh, in mm -hmm. a way, uh, and and takes that pressure off the business. So I, I I love that. That's just my thought on it. Yeah. No. And I think as I look back, and we've talked a little bit about this on other podcasts. You know, service providers in particular, as a result of the pandemic, have been just walloped, and smaller smaller businesses also. But it's really smaller companies, and in particular, service providers that have a heart that have had a harder time. Um, kind of adapting. You know, there's a, a restaurant near me, um, and it's an Italian restaurant. They make amazing uh, sausage and peppers and mm -hmm. um, mustacholi. And they they basically don't have, they shut down the restaurant and they went almost, they went exclusively to catering. And they started marketing a, you know, like a holiday package. You know, we did it. We just did it for our holiday event that we had with our family this past weekend. And, you know, you just pull up, pick it up, bring it home and it's just amazing and everything's there. So I, I, I really want to stress that any business, you know, can basically make this jump. And it's not like you have to make your whole business, you know, this product jump. But I do think that as a result of the way consumers are changing their purchasing habits, where they're inherently and naturally more often going online, I just think it's better for all business owners, especially small service providers, to at least try to test out and make this leap. Um, and in the long run, you know, it'll, it'll sustain the business, but in the long run, it'll also increase the value of your business. So that's why we had the podcast today. All right. Fantastic. Now, I, there may be some people that are just joining us, Tim, for the very first time, yeah. or maybe this is their second, third podcast. Um, this is something that you do. I mean, you, 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 this is a kind of outside the box, outside the norm podcast, if you will. However, it really isn't outside the norm. You're you're constantly looking at what you can do to help improve your business owners' lives, your clients' lives, um, anything to help them out. I know you do a ton of research. Um, you're an avid reader. Uh, you you're kind of data driven in a way, and that's a that's a very positive thing. I don't don't, don't want you to think that that's a bad thing. Uh, sure, but thank you. Uh, that being said, 
if, if people want to talk to you and kind of hear some of these ideas, number one, audience, you can go back and listen to a ton podcast because he's got a ton of them out there and it's, it's great information. However, if they just want to cut through the chase and say, hey, look, Tim's got some pretty good ideas and, and I'd love to pick his brain, how can they reach you? They can always send me an email at tscannell at hightoweradvisors.com or give me a call at 219-246-5370. And also go to our website. We have a, a really a lot of um, checklists, resources, articles, videos, and podcasts that can help. Absolutely. Tim, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. Appreciate it. You bet. And our last thank you goes to you, the listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the WellStream podcast with Tim Scannell. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Tim comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Hightower Great Lakes, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the WealthStream Podcast. We hope you gained some valuable insight that you can apply to your life and share with others. Please don't forget to subscribe below to be notified when new episodes become available. And don't forget to live greater. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Hightower Great Lakes. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Hightower Great Lakes is a group of investment professionals registered with Hightower Securities LLC, member FINRA and SIPC, and with Hightower Advisors LLC, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities LLC. LLC. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors, LLC. 